Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. Title for today's message is called Can't Stop, Won't Stop. Can't stop and it won't stop. As a church, we've been unpacking the book of Daniel. And Daniel is a man of influence, he's a man of prayer, but he was also a man of conviction. And even the world was telling him to change. He says, I can't stop being who God has called me to be, and I won't stop. And so today, we want to learn how to be like Daniel because we live in a world that constantly wants to change our values, constantly wants us to conform. And one of the biggest struggles as Christians is to be in the world but not of the world. It feels like the longer we are in the world, the more the world wants us to be like it. And it's so tempting to want to be of the world, but that is not God's command for us. So today we want to learn how we too can be like Daniel so that we can say, God, no matter what the world throws at me, I won't stop and I can't stop. Amen? So if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Daniel chapter 1? And we're going to read uh, from verse, chapter 1, verse 5 to 8. Daniel 1, verse 5 to 8. To give us a little bit of context, this year's theme for Acts Church is purpose. Specifically, purposing in our hearts. Just like how Daniel purposed in his heart to honour God and to pursue God uh, at all costs. And so we want to learn today. And to give us a bit of context, we're going to read slightly before verse 8. It says this, if you're there, can I hear a good amen? amen? If you're watching the screens, can I hear a good amen? Amen. amen? Cool. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies of the wine which he drank, and three years of training for them, so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. Now from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them the chief of eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belteshazzar to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. He won't stop, he can't stop. He will not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which, which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Of course, you go on to read and you found that Daniel and his friends were justified by God. And so, without plan, uh, you know, since the start of the first service of the year, God's been helping us to unpack Daniel. Don't, don't, don't be afraid. Uh, we will not be studying the whole book of Daniel for this entire year. Uh, maybe, you know, in February onwards, uh, we will start moving on. But the theme is still putting God's purposes in our hearts. And without plans, uh, we talked about priority in the first message. And then we moved on to purity holy courage. And then we moved on last week uh, to God's process of how it's good to hide and seek in God. And, and, and so without plan, it feels like God is putting some peace, amen? Uh, you know, some, some, some priorities uh, to, 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 for us to value purity again and for us to love God's process, not despise God's process. And today I believe that God wants us to solidify our position in Him. 
Because if we can learn to position ourselves in Christ, we will not be moved. Instead, we will tell the mountain to move. Amen? And so, you know, uh, I want to give you the three points that I'll be throwing at us, the three take-home points uh, straight away, and then we're going to go back to find the motivation to live out these three points. Amen? The key uh, to not stopping, can't stop, won't stop, not compromising, to not moving, uh, is to not forget, not be bothered, and not compromise. Daniel didn't forget, even though he was in a foreign land, forced to learn a foreign language, and even though they tried to change his name, he did not forget who he is or who he was. And not only that, he was surrounded by people. He was the minority. Among the sons of Judah, there was only four of them. And maybe they were sons of Israel, but because at the time there was a separation between Judah and, and Israel. And among the sons of, of Judah, were four, so they were four in the midst of multitudes. They were tiny, they were the minority, but they were not bothered by other people's opinion and other people's action. They were not saying that, let's all change our diet. He's saying that, no, we will, we will change the way we eat. And, and, and those who don't want to change, they don't have to change. But test us out. You know, 10 days, 8 days, after that you will see a change in our appearances. And of course, God justified them. And last but not least, they did not compromise. You know, even though they were taken away and even though they were in an environment where nobody could tell on them. Amen? You know, most of us, we behave in church. Because if you misbehave, people will tell on you. No, 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 we're not that kind of church, don't worry. You know, but sometimes that's why we, 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 we wrestle. Some of us, we wrestle with uh, being, you know, um, with, with two different people. Uh, we, we have a, a type of personality in church and then we have another personality when we are out of church because when we are outside, we can be who we are because we're not afraid. Nobody here can tell on me. You know, how I act, how I talk, how I eat, how I drink, what I do, my pastor will not know. But even though Daniel was being set up for such a, uh, 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 the same temptation. You know, he, he, he was away from home. You know, he had three years abroad. You know, he could change his hairstyle. He could change his name. He could, he, could, he could try foreign delicacies, but he did not compromise. And this is what I want us to learn today because it's, it's powerful. When, when you begin to uh, remember who you are, when you, when, you, when you stop forgetting, when you stop being bothered, and when you stop compromising, it will set you free. It will not just make you a better Christian it will just make you a better person. Amen? You know, there was one time, I heard this testimony uh, from Pastor Kenneth, our senior pastor. He says that he had a friend, uh, a believer, who was working uh, as the PA, personal assistant, to this big shop, multi-millionaire, in, um, uh, you know, in, in a certain company. And um, one day, this PA picked up the phone, and it was uh, asking for the boss, but the boss was not in the mood to talk to this person. So the boss says, Say that I'm not here. Say that I'm not here. But because the PA was a believer, the PA says, no, I can't lie. I'm not going to compromise because I, I, I know who I am. I'm a child of God. I'm not a child of lies. You know, I'm not going to be bothered even by what my boss thinks of me. This is my stand. And I'm not going to compromise. And so he boldly told the boss, you tell him yourself. How many of you would do that? None. I can guarantee you. Because those of you will be like, no, Pastor, you don't understand. You see, God blessing you with that job. <laughs> and you know, and, and, and so, you know, that job is a blessing. So I will never do anything to, to, to hurt that blessing. But sometimes we got to check our hearts. Do we, do we love God or do we love the blessing? 
Amen. What is God after? He's after people who love Him. And so long story short, this person says, you tell yourself, of course, the boss was angry. How dare you? You know? And then put out a phone and say, how dare you do that? Huh? Don't you know who I am? Don't you know who writes your checks? And then this person, because he knows who he is, because he doesn't care, and he will not compromise. He says this, boss, if I can lie for you, I can lie to you. And which one do you want? A PA who would lie to you or a PA who will always tell you the truth? From that moment, this boss looked at this PA differently. And not only that, this PA was kept with the boss and after years, after decades, when the business grew to the billions, this PA was still around and he became the closest confidant of this CEO because he knows that this is someone who has my back. This is not a yes man. This is someone who will check me and make sure that I'm doing the right thing. That is what God wants us to do. You know, if we can learn to be like Daniel, God can position us in a very influential place uh, in any job, any career. But more than that, if we learn to be like Daniel, if we, if we are believers who remember again who we are and not be bothered by the people around us and will say that I will never compromise, do you know that it will just make us just better God worshippers? It's true. You know, I get asked this all the time or I get told this all the time. People say to me, Pastor, one day I would love to go to America and I would love to visit a black church a predominantly African-American church because, Pastor, the way they worship, the way they sing. And can I be honest? Sometimes I, I feel a bit offended when people say that because I'm like, what's, what's wrong with the way we sing? What's wrong with the way we dance? And I realize that, you know what? Many times, many Christians are too self-conscious to worship God the way He deserves to worship. And, and what's the issue? What, what's really the issue uh, from, from us just letting loose? You know, I don't think God gifted certain tribes with, with better worship skills. I know, don't get me wrong, you know, certain things like, like the, the, the voice, you know, and, and your ability to sing, it could be a talent, it could be genetics, don't get me wrong, but, but those are the exception. I believe that God desires for every knee to bow every tribe to confess, every tribe to celebrate. And I think that heaven's going to be a beautiful picture, not just of one particular group, because if you believe in that lie, the lie that the enemy tries to tell us, oh no, don't, don't worship like that, because you're, you know, you, you are an Asian church. First of all, clarification, this is not an Asian church. No, we're here to worship God and God only. Amen. We don't do denominations. We don't do tribes. We don't do race, skin colors, even though majority of us come from East Asia, but that, that's another issue for another day. God is good. We love you, Carla. And uh, we really do. We really do. I really believe that God wants us to worship and the reason why we don't worship the way we do is, could it be that we've forgotten who we are? And, and, and in our journey of being a believer, in our journey of knowing Jesus, in our journey of being saved by God and being changed by God, have we unknowingly become self-righteous? If you want to check if you are self-righteous, uh, 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 ask yourself this, do you hate? Because when you hate, 
you are self-righteous. And, and what you hate will tell you what you're self-righteous about. Have you met people like that who says that, I just can't stand, I just can't stand dirty people, right? I just can't stand people who are unorganized. I just can't stand people who are late. And could it be that the reason you say that is because over the years, God has blessed you with an upbringing that has enabled you to develop certain skills and because of that, you are punctual, you are organized and you pride yourself for your punctuality and your organization skills. You pride yourself for your wealth. You pride yourself for your social standing that now you look down at other people who are not like you. And what happens is that your righteousness is no longer by God. Your righteousness now is built on your performance. And, and, and that's why you, you can't stand people who are different. Do you know what I'm saying? And so what happens is sometimes that the more we're saved and, and we forgot that we were once sinners, we forget that we are still sinners, saved by grace. The only thing that has changed is not my past. Our past has not changed. The only thing that has changed is Jesus. And Jesus is the only thing that has changed in our lives. Once we didn't have Him, now we have Him. Do we still have our past? Yes, we do. But that past now is hidden behind the cross. And that when God sees us, He sees the cross. But let's not forget that we still have a past. And sometimes we forget that, man, I should be celebrating. I mean, I've been set free. If I gave you a million bucks, you'll be celebrating. Regardless of your skin color, you won't go like, hooray. My DNA and cultural upbringing prohibits me from exp expression. <laughs> you know, I go to the church that subscribe to the theology that when you're chosen by God, you're immediately frozen by grace. <laughs> so when we worship, we are the chosen frozen. We, are, we, we sit throughout the service because we're seated with Jesus. No, 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 no. No, if, if I give you a million bucks, you, you would say, thank you, pastor. In fact, you'd be you're calling me more names than just pastor. You know, if, 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 if I gave you a brand new car, you, you would fall to your knees and cry, right? And, and if, if, if you, you know, and would you feel that way, right? If, if, can you imagine if I only have one car to give? And I gave to, let's say, you know, because Sean's seated there between Jacqueline and, and Noel. So I gave to Sean. Right? Because dressed so well, I give to Sean. You look like a, you look dressed like a guy who drives a Mercedes-Benz. So here you go, a Mercedes-Benz. Do you know that Sean will immediately drop to his knees and cry? <laughs> He's not going to be bothered by whether what Jacqueline feels or what Noel feels. You know what I'm saying? He'll be like, none of your business. You have no idea. I've just been given a brand new car. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cry because I've been given a brand new car. I'm going to dance even though I can't dance because I've been given a brand new car. <laughs> but why do we not do that for church? Why do we not do that for God? He didn't give you a, a million bucks. He didn't give you a brand new car. He didn't give you a brand new house. He gave you a brand new life. And why are we not going like... God, I can't help. Oh! And so I think that the churches that worship extravagantly, and not because of your DNA, not because of your cultural upbringing, is because they remember who they are. And, are. and because they know who they are, they're not bothered by what people think. And because they're not bothered, they won't compromise. 
I don't care what you think about my dancing, but I'm dancing for Jesus because He set me free. If you understand this, you know, that's why, uh, don't, don't get me wrong, I, I, I do believe that this is something that, you know, all churches should have. And, and, and this is a, a God culture, a kingdom culture that we need to grow in our lives. Uh, but I've had a privilege of, of, of speaking. Uh, I used to do a student ministry and I get invited uh, to a lot of international student ministries and, and, and even, you know, and, and, and one of the places I love preaching is, you know, church in Botswana because uh, they, really, they really respond. And they're not responding because they're African. They respond because they're hungry for the Word. They respond because they know that God has set them free. You know, I, 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 over there, if I offend people, you know what they say? They don't say, ouch. They say, now you're preaching, pastor. Because until it hurts us, it's not preaching. Man, it makes me want to preach another half an hour, man. But don't worry, I'm not going to preach another half an hour. <laughs> okay? And so, how? How do we, you know, build our position in Christ? How do we be like Daniel? Well, it helps if we surround, learn to surround ourselves um, with people that will check us, with people who will challenge us, with people who will remind us. And we thank God. Many times we celebrate Daniel, but, but Daniel had his support system called his three other friends. And today we learn, you know, their names. Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. Can I go deeper with their names a little bit? You know, you see, the devil was so threatened by their names that he told the Babylonian Empire to give them new names. But this is what Daniel, let's start with Daniel. This is what Daniel's name means. It means God is my judge. See, when you, when you, when you have that kind of name, when you know who you are, I'm a sinner saved by grace and God is my judge. You don't need to be having the name Daniel to, to live that principle. God is my judge. If God is my judge, my neighbor is not my judge. So I don't have to, the way I worship, none of my neighbor's business. The way I give, none of my neighbor's business. The way I respond to the message, none of my neighbor's business. The way I serve, none of my neighbor's business. The way I live, none of my neighbor's business because God is my judge. And it says this, right? Hananiah. Hananiah. It means that Jehovah has been gracious. Has been gracious. And we're going to come back to the place of remembering, man, I'm a sinner saved by grace. We're going to go into how we are saved in a while. And can you imagine if every day you're meditating not on what you don't have, but what God has already done. Jehovah has been gracious. Man, it will make us freer Christians. It will make us more powerful, bolder people. Amen. You don't have to worry. Oh no, you know, my, my friends are all kissing my boss's butt. And it feels like they're going to get pro be promoted before me. What, 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 how, how, how? Jehovah has been gracious. You don't have to worry about compromising. Don't, don't, don't focus on what you don't have. The money you don't have, the promotion you don't have, the job you don't have. Focus on what you have. I have God by my side. And it is God who led me this far. And He never leads me this far to die. Even if this job feels like the valley of shadow of death, the Psalm says this, the Psalm 23 says this, that I will walk through it. 
So God will be with me. Even though it's painful, I will go through it. Even though it's a fire, I will go through it. And we meditate, God, you're with me. God, you, are, you, were, you, were, have, you have always been with me. You were with me in school. You were with me in my upbringing. You were with me even when my friends abandoned me. You were with me. Meditate on what God has done. Michelle, right, which is the Hebrew way of, of pronouncing the word Michael. That's where we get the word Michael from. So you can call him Mike if you want. It means this. And any Michaels here, it means this. Who is like God? Who is like God? And we, don't worry, we'll go into this again. Okay? Who is like God? And sometimes we go, man, who is like God? Who am I that you are mindful of me? That you love me when I call. How many glad that when you call God, He doesn't put you on hold? Right? He doesn't put you behind the person praying for cancer. He doesn't put you behind the person praying for, for, for life and death situation. He doesn't go like, um, excuse me, uh, the angels will get to you <laughs> in a moment. Uh, God's busy solving the world's bushfire problems. Uh, so if you have a message, please leave the message after this. Beep! It doesn't. Who is, who, is, who is like our God that will love us? No other faith, friends. No other faith talks about a God who came near. Every other faith talks about what you need to do, how you need to sacrifice, what you need to abstain from to even crawl near God. And our faith is the only one that says God came near. Who is like God? Who is like God who will eat with sinners? Who is like God who is so... One of the Bible passages I love is when Jesus spat the woman who was caught in adultery. Every other faith would shame that woman. Our God protected that woman even though that woman was in shame. He was the only one who could cast a stone. And he, he challenged, let him who is without sin cast the first stone and they all drop the stones and walk away going, oh Jesus, you got us again. And even though he was the only one who could cast stones, he says that, go, go, go and sin no more. I'm not your accuser. I'm your saviour. Who is like our God? And sometimes we're going we're gonna to press the pause button. You know, when, when we feel like, oh man, how come I'm missing out? We've got to pause and go, like, who is like God who would save me? Last but well, this is not the last point, but Azariah. Azariah. Azariah means Jehovah has helped. Or Jehovah is my help. Or Jehovah has helped, however you want. He is our help. He is our help. And so you might be going through stuff. You might be challenged. Oh, I'm in the world, but I'm being challenged to be off the world. But God is my helper. And if He is my helper, I don't have to worry. I don't have to be afraid. Amen? And so you got to learn to surround yourself, if it helps, with, with, with friends who exemplify this. Or if you don't have friends, it's okay. Surround yourself with these principles. Amen? But ultimately, I want us to, you know, go to Genesis chapter 15. Genesis 15, we're going to read from verse 5 to 12, and then for the sake of time, we'll jump to 17. And, and this, this, is, this, this is the, uh, the, the, the punchline. If you've not been paying attention, I want you to lean in closer for this point. Because the whole time we've been talking about God's grace, how God is good, you see, 
identity is not just about knowing who you are. True identity is about knowing who you are, knowing your value, and knowing what you're meant to do. And in Christ Jesus, we find all these three. We know who we are, sinners saved by grace. We know how valuable we are, that God would die for our sins, and we know what we're meant to do to go to the ends of the earth and tell the good news to everyone. And I believe that the strength to not compromise comes from identity. The three points I gave you in advance, right? Don't forget, don't be bothered, don't compromise. To not compromise, we got to be not bothered. Because when you're bothered by the opinions of other people, you will compromise. Because compromising is to placate and to please other people. But how do you bring yourself to a position where you're not bothered when you know who you are? When you don't forget who you are? And I pray that with this last scripture, you would seal it within your brains and within your soul who you are. And, and with this identity, find strength to never forget, never be bothered, and never compromise and live a victorious Christian life and life. Because that's what Jesus came to give. Life and life to the full. So be the best doctor, be the best lawyer, be the best student, be the best accountant, be the best millionaire, billionaire. Just remember the tithe. Be the best. <laughs> but the key to being the best is not compromising. To not compromise means to be integrous. To be integrous means to do the right thing even when it's not easy. It means to keep a promise unto God, to be good and faithful regardless of the situations that puts us in. The key to keeping promises is in understanding that God we serve, who himself is a promise keeper. And so the scripture I'm about to read can be a bit deeper, I'm going to warn you, but I will do my best to explain it. But this is the birth of the covenant. We always say that we have a covenant with God. We say that we are no longer slaves to the old covenant, we have a new covenant in Jesus. The New Testament, the new covenant. We're living in the new covenant. No longer the sacrificial system, but right now the, 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 the God-given system of mercy and grace. And this is the beginning, the origins of it. Let's read, right? This is God talking to Abraham. Then God brought Abraham outside and said, Look now towards the heaven, count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to them, So shall your descendants be. And, and we through Jesus Christ, number among them. And he believed in the Lord and he, he accounted it to him for righteousness. And because he believed in God, that God would do it, he wasn't looking at the stars, he was looking at God. God, you will do it. God says that, wow, because you believe, you are righteous. And this is where we say that Abraham, the father of faith, you know, because of faith, God credited to him his righteousness. 
Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of the earth of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. So God is promising him descendants and a land, a promised land. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit? So he said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these things to him and cut them in two down the middle and placed each piece opposite the other. But he did not cut the birds in two. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. And behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. Let's flesh out for the sake of time. Go to verse 17. And before you read it, let me just explain. So a covenant is an ancient form of contract. Today we call it a contract. In the ancient world, they call it a covenant because there was no court systems. So this was an ancient way of promise keeping. This is what they would do. If party A wants to make a deal with party B, let's say for example, like, uh, hey, um, sell me, uh, you know, okay, okay, maybe I won't use the word sell. Uh, hey, uh, I have a son, you have a daughter. Uh, so when your daughter is of age, uh, promise that you, you would give your daughter, no matter how my son looks like, <laughs> you will give your daughter to my son in marriage. Can we enter into a contract? Right? And, uh, you, know, don't, 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 you know, don't come at me and say, that, oh, so archaic is a different time, okay? Uh, and we can have a conversation about that after, after that. Um, and so what happens is that people say, okay, sure, because it's a future deal. So let's, 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 you know, there was no paper, so they can't write on it. They can't shake on it. So let's bleed on it. So they would say, let's agree to take animals and, you know, uh, let's split them in half. All right? For the sake of illustration, I have no, no, chill, chill, chill. <laughs> I, I wish, I wish. Okay, but since we're seated here, divided into Two sides. So that's what God did. God would, would so, uh, this, and this was something that wasn't just God did with people. This was what people did with people. All right? Take the animal, split them in half, half the body this side, half the body this side, and this aisle right in the middle, right, that you walk through, it will be, of course, covered with blood because when you split an animal in half, blood comes out, right? And blood covers this. And what they would do, and this is an unfair system. Uh, they would therefore next go to the social standing of party A and party B. Who was richer? Who was more trustworthy? Who came from a better background? So if party A has more sheep and cattle, is an ancient businessman in the ancient world, and the other person is just a peasant, uh, and, uh, but I still want your daughter to be my uh, son's wife, then what they would do is that they will get the peasant because he was of lower standing to walk through the two separated carcasses. Walk through it and there'll be footprints in the blood. And walk through and then walk back. Right? And so ancient contracts was a bloody business. <laughs> and what they were saying is this, that because I'm of the lower standing, if I fail to meet this deal, if I fail to keep this promise by walking through it, I'm consenting, may it be done to me. 
may I be split in half like how these animals have been split in half. So you can imagine when God says, Abraham, I'm going to multiply your descendants like the stars in the heaven. I'm going to give you a promise and oh, God, uh, how, how, how can I know that this will happen? Let's make a covenant. And I can imagine Abraham must be thinking, oh, I have to walk through it. And if I fail to honour God, if I fail to keep my promises to God, I, I, I might as well kiss my descendants goodbye. I might as well kiss my promised land goodbye. Because Abraham, as we know, he had an issue with fear. And out of fear, he would tell lies, white lies or black lies, whatever you call it, it's a lie. And he, was a, he knew he was a broken person. He knew, oh no, oh no. This is, this is an unfair contract. I'll never be able to live up. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to, oh no. But he did it anyway. But hold on, when I say he did it, I mean he prepared the ingredients for the contract anyway. And this is what happened, right? Let's go back to verse 12 for a little bit. Uh, and now, right, when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham. Do you know that it was God who caused this deep sleep? So God is saying that Abraham was going to make a contract. Prepare. And when it came time to fulfill the contract, God made Abraham sleep. And then let's jump to verse 17. And it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark, that behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. The smoking oven and the burning torch, don't, I know you're thinking, cooking, smoking oven, fire alarm. No, 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 no. Uh, an oven was a, a fireplace. It means uh, in ancient world, it's described as a mighty flame. And so what happened was that there was a burning torch and, and a torch is light, right? They did. So what happened was, I think, I think Moses who wrote Genesis tried his best to describe that what essentially happened was huge fire and blinding light walked through those pieces. We understand that as God because in verse 18, I didn't give it to Toby, but don't worry. Verse 18, go back and read it. It says, it starts with, and on that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham. So, so what does this mean? Okay, very quickly, I'll explain this. God, who is the more esteemed party of the contract, walked through the pieces because he knew of Abraham's brokenness. He knew that Abraham was not able to fulfill the promise. So God says that, so I will fulfill the promise. And if, and, and so what happens is this, so I will walk through the promise and if, and I forgot to tell you how one more very unfair thing about the contract is that, it's very unfair, right? The lower party who walks through it, if he fails, may he be split in half. Uh, may he be cursed. And in the event the rich person changes his mind, do you know that the rich person has an exclusion clause? He can get out of it. And when he gets out of it, may the poorer person be cursed and split in half. So, so basically, it's, it's, it's unfair. 
the rich person is saying that, let's enter contract and no matter what, I'm having your daughter. Even if I change my mind, sucks to be you. But what God did, He walked through it. And it means this. God is saying that if I, God, fail to fulfill this promises, may I be split in half. And may I bleed for as punishment. But if you fail to fulfill the promise, may I be split in half and may I bleed for this promise. And of course we know humanity is broken. And not only that, thousands of years later, when Jesus came, what did Jesus come to do? He came not only to seal this covenant, but He came to fulfill our part of the covenant. And the part that we couldn't do, the promises that we couldn't keep, Jesus bled so that the covenant would steal, so that the promise, so the blessing, so that the descendants and the promised land can still be kept. And we have a God who bled Himself, put Himself in the crosshairs for our salvation. How can we not celebrate? How can we not fall in love with Him? And, and, and I know it ends somberly, but God did it. Jesus did it. And this is what I want us to walk away from. I want us to walk away not with just, oh, now I understand the Old Testament concept. No, now I understand how much God loves me. And, and I, I, I can't. No, not, I can't. I can never forget the God who bled for me. The perfect one when it should have been me. And that's what Jesus did. He, he came and He lived the life that we should have lived and He died the death that we should have died so that now we can have a new life and all we need to do is live in Him. So how, God, I can never forget. I can never forget that the cross wasn't just a cross. The cross was thousand years in the making. The cross is older than me and yet the cross is for me. And I serve a God who keeps His promises, who honours His Word. And if I call myself a believer, I want to be like that God. If my Jesus is not a coward, I want to be brave. If my God is a promise-keeping God, then I want to keep my promises. If my God never betrays, then I will never betray. If my God can be in the world and not of the world, then I will be in the world and not of the world. And because I know who I am, I'm not just a byproduct of, of two parents coming together. I know that I'm of value, so much value that God Himself will walk through the pieces for me and ultimately hang on the cross for me. I know what I need to do. And among the things I need to do, because that's part of my identity, is to never forget, never be bothered, and never compromise. Amen? Can, can we just give God praise? Come on, don't be silent, church. Can we just give Him honour for what He has done for us? That's how much God loves us. And I pray that this will change the next time you praise, the next time you sing, the resurrected King has resurrected... Oh man, he, he has resurrected you. The next time you sing, oh, 
Uh, I'm a friend of, oh, you, you are so much more than that. Come on, give me, give me, what a song, what was the third song we did today, Suntown? Oh, what a Savior. And I pray that next time you do it, you won't just go like, oh, what a Savior. Come on, man. Come on, put some love into it. Put some emotion into it. Like you have just been saved from being split in half. Like someone just gave you a million bucks. Amen? And let's begin to live for God. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.